Hello everybody, my name is Andrew and welcome to the Bundesliga. This is episode 17 and since I've pretty much been gone for the entire first half of the 2019-2020 Bundesliga season, we're just going to do a Hinderunde recap and hopefully just jump right back into the season as it starts up again. So, here we go. First off, I'm going to do a bit of a recap of the summer transfer window, do the kind of the highlights of what went on in the summer transfer window, and then jump into the first half of the season. All right, so we're just going to highlight a couple of the transfers for some of the main teams, the big players in this season. First off, let's start with Bayern. So incoming new players that would actually play in the 2019-2020 season are Benjamin Pavard, Lucas Hernandez, Philip Coutinho, and Ivan Perisic. So those are the reinforcements that Bayern picked up in this summer transfer window. You can tell that they really loaded up on defense here with Pavard and, and uh, Lucas Hernandez. That is mainly because some of the outgoing players include players like Mats Hummels, who went to Dortmund, and Rafinha, who went to uh, Flamengo. So we really needed to beef up that defense, and that's kind of what we did. Then we also had outgoing uh, Ribéry went to Fiorentina in Serie A, and Robin retired. So once again, I want to give a shout out to Rafinha, Ribéry, and Robin. Those are three amazing legendary players for Bayern. They gave a lot of their years and a lot of their careers to this team and this club, and for that we thank them. Now. One other surprise outgoing player that kind of happened right towards the end of the transfer window was actually Renato Sanchez to Lille in France. Now it kind of makes sense, Renato Sanchez wasn't really able to break in to Bayern. He had a failed loan spell in uh, Swansea, and then when he came back to Bayern, had you know flashes of brilliance, but didn't really ever break into the first squad, the, first, the main team. I do like him as a player, and I really wish him the, the most success in Lille. Um, I wish I had worked out with Renato at Bayern, but I do hope that he's able to bring something to the Lille team and be successful with them. Now, some of the surprises when it comes to Bayern for this summer transfer window were actually that we didn't sell Boateng. I actually thought that Mats Hummels was the better of the two center backs between him and Boateng, but Hummels kind of saw the writing on the wall that with all these incoming young defenders, he might not be getting the playing time that he wants. So he returned to Dortmund where he can get a solid starting spot and help the youth there as opposed to riding the bench at Bayern. But um, yeah, I really kind of wish we had kept Hummels and sold Boateng. Although this season, Boateng hasn't been the worst. I just do think that Hummels is the better of the two players. The other surprise is that we didn't really reinforce the wings. I mean, we have... Serge Gnabry and Kingsley Coman, which are great, great players, but we don't really have anyone to relieve them. We don't really have anyone in case of an injury. I guess Ivan Perisic is, is one of those, but I was really hoping for a younger, more promising player like Callum Hudson-Odoi, which was supposed to happen in the winter of last season. And then there was the whole saga with Leroy Sané. We were about to sign him, and then there was an injury with Man City in, in their preseason. So we ended up not signing him, and then we kind of rushed and got Ivan Perisic. But, yeah, I wish we had done better on getting some wing players for the team this year. But that's where we stand. And since we are doing recap of the Hindrunde going into the second half of the season, in this winter we did announce a new signing, and that is actually Alexander Nubel, the goalkeeper from Schalke. Now, this is a bit shocking to me in that Alexander Nubel's 23. He's pretty much reaching the, the peak of his career, the peak of his skill, 
and he's signing for a team that has arguably the best goalkeeper in the world in Manuel Neuer, who says publicly he's not ready to retire yet, he's not ready to give up a starting spot, he still wants to keep playing and keep playing the full season and keep playing at a top level and is not willing to sit on the bench or pull double duty with him and Newbell switching off games. He still wants to play every game. Now, from what I hear, Alexander Newbell was actually able to get in writing in his contract that he will get 15 games starting next season, which is going to cause some controversy between him and Newbell. Now, I don't say this because... I don't like Newbel. I actually think he's a great, great player, and I would love to have him at Bayern at a time where he can get the starting nod and not have to compete between himself and Neuer. If this was a situation where Neuer was retiring and Newbel was coming in, I would be the happiest fan in the world. But that's not the case. Neuer still wants to play, and Newbel is kind of getting to his peak, and he wants to play. So I feel like this is going to cause some tension, maybe in the locker room, maybe just in general, in finding a starting keeper and not having that affect the the drama in, in the team. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. I really hope it does. I love Newble. He'd be a great player in the future for us. I just don't know if now is the right time for that to happen. Now, when it comes to our rivals in Dortmund, incoming this summer, they had in defense Nico Schultz and Mats Hummels. Great reinforcements there. Last year, the defense was really young and kind of a bit inexperienced. So bringing these two players in, I think, would help them there a lot. They also had incoming Thorgan Hazard from Borussia Mönchengladbach, which is going to help them on the offensive side. Now, outgoing, they had Omer Tobrak. They also got rid of Andre Scherle. I believe he went to play in Moscow. Shinji Kagawa was also unloaded. And then Sebastian Rode went to Frankfurt. So they did unload a bunch of players as well. Now, one of the most awesome signings in, in the footballing world I think they just made in the winter is buying Erlen Holland from RB Salzburg, from Red Bull Salzburg. I think that is a great signing for them. As a New York Red Bull fan, I'm kind of salty that he didn't come here, even though that was really never going to be a, a possibility. But, you know, man can dream. But, yeah, Holland did sign for Dortmund. It is a bit interesting that he didn't sign for RB Leipzig since those teams have that relationship of the same ownership that he actually opted for going to Dortmund over Leipzig. I don't know if there was talks of him going to Leipzig at all or not, but the fact remains Erling Holland is going to be playing for Dortmund come the start of the second half of the season in January. And on the outgoing side from Dortmund, they got rid of Julian Weigel. Now, he's one of the players that I don't think was really able to get much playing time this season. He had been a very important member of the team in past years, but I guess this season he didn't really get much time, and he is outgoing. I believe he went to some La Liga team. All right, there's just two more teams I want to talk about real quick before we get into the bread and butter of the Hinderunde. So we have RB Leipzig. Now, the biggest news for them in this offseason was getting Julian Nagelsmann as their new coach. He came over from Hoffenheim, super young coach, and was doing great things for the past couple years with Hoffenheim. And now he is at the helm of RB Leipzig, and man, is he doing good things with them. So that is definitely a good move that they made. You know, they're playing some really, really exciting 
football right now, and I definitely believe that was the right move for Leipzig to make in this offseason. This is also me saying that with hindsight of the entire first half of the season, but that was definitely a great signing for Leipzig. It's definitely working out for them. In terms of players, they picked up Christopher Nkunku from PSG and Lookman from Everton. The big uh, name there, I believe, is Nkunku because he is among the top leaders in assists in the Bundesliga right now. So he's definitely uh, helping them score their goals. So that, that's definitely a good signing for Leipzig. Now, next up, we have Borussia Mönchengladbach. They didn't really do much in this offseason. Uh, incoming, they had Briel Enbelow, which is a pretty good Bundesliga player. And then outgoing, I already mentioned earlier, they sold Thorgan Hazard to Dortmund and Michael Cuisant to Bayern. So those are the two outgoing players. Didn't really bring in that many reinforcements. The biggest name was Briel Enbelow that they brought in. If you guys want to check out the rest of the transfers for the rest of the teams in the Bundesliga, those will definitely be in the show notes for this episode. So check it out. I just wanted to highlight some of the main ones. Now, moving on, I'm going to make a quick mention of some of the coaching changes. I already mentioned that RB Leipzig had Ralph Ragnick step down, and Hoffenheim's Julian Nagelsmann took over that spot, and that's working out great for him. The other change that's actually working out pretty well is with Schalke. So, Hoop Stevens came in halfway through last season for Schalke. His main goal was to kind of keep the team afloat because if you guys remember, Schalke was borderline relegation last season, almost got relegated. It was a really nightmarish season for them, and they really needed some changes. So Hoop Stevens came in, steered the boat in the right direction, and at least kept them in the Bundesliga, and then his job's completed. So in the summer, they were in the market for a coach. They picked up David Wagner. He coached Dortmund's youth team and I believe also coached for Huddersfield in the UK. So they brought him in and now it's his job to hopefully get them a better spot than they did last year. And so far, it definitely seems like that is working for them. Once again, all the coaching changes for this season will be in the show notes. So definitely check that out if that's something that you want to see. Now, moving on. So let's talk about the Hindrunde. So, Bayern is the first team I want to talk about since I am a Bayern fan. In shock to everyone, including myself, Bayern is four points out of first place. And at one point in the season, they were seven points out of first place and in seventh place in the Bundesliga, which is, I believe, barely even making the Europa League. So, Bayern did not have the best first half of the year. Some of that is due to coaching struggling some of that is due to injuries but overall Bayern just wasn't able to put up performances that Bayern fans expect from them and that Bayern as a team knows they can do this is due to losses to teams like Hoffenheim Leverkusen and an even embarrassing loss to Frankfurt which pretty much cost Nico Kovac's job the day after that I believe 5-1 loss to Frankfurt Niko Kovac was fired, and since then we've had Hansi Flick as our caretaker coach. I believe he's going to finish out the season with us before we pick up a coach in the next summer transfer window. So yeah, this first half of the season was bad enough for Bayern that we fired our coach after only one and a half years, so it, it, it hurts. Now, another team that we lost to was actually Gladbach, and that loss probably hurt the most out of any of them because Gladbach was at the top of the table for long long time so especially with such a tight race and with Gladbach opening up a gap when a team that's competing for the Bundesliga title loses to the team at the top it's not really a good 
sign, you know, losing those three very, very important points. Because not only does Bayern not get any points, they go to the team at the top and it widens that gap, which really hurts. The only real highlight of this season so far for me was the 4-0 win over Dortmund, because of course it is. You know, the Der Klassiker wins for Bayern are always nice, and getting to wipe the floor with Dortmund was, was fun. Now, I already mentioned the bad part of the season, but we also had injuries from Nicolas Sule, who I believe tore his ACL and is out for the whole year. And we had an injury towards the end from Kingsley Coman, which scared the hell out of me since he's kind of injury-prone and has had you know, knee and ankle problems before. So when we got an injury report with, from Coman, I feared the worst that he might be out for a large, large period of time or even the entire rest of the season. And Coman has before publicly mentioned if he gets another pretty major injury that requires him having surgery, he might consider retiring from football. It sucks when an injury happens like that, especially from a player that realizes their health and future well-being is more important than playing some games. So that one hurt, but luckily he is not out for the season. He will be back early in the second half of the season. Now, Borussia Mönchengladbach is pretty much king in the Hinrunde. They only suffered four losses in the first half of the season. They were on top of the league for seven consecutive weeks from match day seven to match day 14 until Leipzig overtook them. Leipzig was on top of the table for, I believe, six weeks, but it was in two different stints. It was uh, three weeks at one point and then another three weeks at the end. So just like last year, Gladbach is a dangerous team, but if you remember what happened last season, Gladbach played well in the first half and then really choked and did not play that well in the second half. So it's kind of a concern for me whether they're going to repeat that performance or whether they're going to learn from their mistakes and make the right adjustments to keep their momentum going in the second half of the year. But my real concern isn't Gladbach, actually. It's RB Leipzig. With Julian Nagelsmann coming in there and reinvigorating the team, this is the team that I am most concerned about in the Bundesliga race this season. He gave them that extra kick they needed to perform at a top level. Like I mentioned before, they spent a combined six weeks in first place, and at the end of the Hinderunde, they were... The champions, they were at the they are at the top of the table right now as I record this and during the winter break. So it will be interesting if they to see if they can keep this form going into the Rukrunda. I believe they actually will, because they're playing really well now. Timo Werner is the second highest goal scorer in the Bundesliga, and they're now getting a Tyler Adams back from injury. So he's healthy. He's gonna be playing there. Last season he showed a lot, a lot of promise as a very young midfielder, and now with him returning, that's gonna add another layer to their offense and defense, really, that's going to make them a more dynamic and more dangerous team, I think. So this, I believe, will be another close Bundesliga race between Leipzig, Gladbach, and Bayern. Maybe Dortmund can can get in there if they turn their season around a little bit, but those three teams are the ones I would say to look out for in the 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 second half of the season, for sure. Now, I do want to give a special shout-out to Schalke. So after almost being relegated last season, they're currently sitting in fifth place. They're only three points outside of third place. So it looks like their coaching change to David Wagner is really paying off. Right now, they're tied with Dortmund on points with 30 points, and Bayern only has 33. 
So they are right behind, knocking on our door. I don't really see them being contenders for the title, but I do see them being contenders for a Champions League spot, if not a Europa spot for sure, if they keep this form up. And it's definitely nice to see Schalke come back to the form that I really expect of them. I mentioned dozens of times last year that Schalke was never a team to me that was at the bottom of the table. To me, they're a team that's you know mid-table to upper table and usually competes for... Champions League spots, and that's kind of where they're at now. So they're back to where I really expect them to be in the upper mid portion of the table. So shout out to them for making the necessary changes and getting their form back to where it needed to be. Now, let's uh, talk quickly about some of the promoted teams from Bundesliga 2 that came up in the 2019 2020 season. First up, we have Paderborn. Now, they look like they were not ready to make the jump to the first Bundesliga. They currently sit in dead last with only three victories on the season. They're most likely going to be relegated back down to the second Bundesliga. And that's honestly probably where they belong. It looks like a bunch of minnows playing with sharks. So Paderborn's not having a good year, and they are probably going to get relegated again. Next is Cologne. Now, they currently sit one spot above the relegation zone, so it's going to be interesting to see how their season goes. can go either way. They can kick it up into gear and end up in the mid-card, or they could flounder and get relegated again. It's going to be interesting to watch how they perform in the second half of the year to see where they end up. And the third team that was promoted last year was Union Berlin. Now, so far, they're the most successful team. I believe they currently sit in 11th place. And looking back at like all their match day history that I did, these guys are like the giant killers. They're not getting that many wins, but they have victories over Gladbach and Dortmund. So that's pretty good for a team that is, for the first time in their history, playing in the, in the Bundesliga. So winning over Gladbach, who was a top, top team, and Dortmund, which is historically really good team, and even now, you know, in the top five. So that's uh, it's really impressive for Union Berlin, the team that just got promoted last year. And in other news, we also had the first ever Berlin derby in the first Bundesliga. And Union Berlin beat Hertha Berlin in the first ever derby. So congrats to them on that. That has probably got to be their sweetest victory of the year for that team. So congrats to Union on beating Hertha. All right, we are almost at the end here. So the last thing I wanna talk about before I leave you guys is the golden boot race, as I love talking about. So right now, Mueller sits with 11 assists, Sancho has nine, and Hazard and Nkunku have seven. So like I mentioned in the beginning, Nkunku was a great pickup for Leipzig from PSG, because he's currently third place in assists. So now that that's out of the way, the actual golden boot race itself. Lewandowski sits on top with 19 goals. Timo Werner is right behind him with 18. And then we have Rowan Hennings routing out the top three with 11 goals. Now for anyone just getting into the Bundesliga, I really have to stress how amazing Lewandowski's form has been this season. He has 19 goals in the first 17 matches. But more impressive than that, he had 16 goals in the first 11 match days consecutively. That is, he scored 16 goals in the first 11 match days, meaning he scored at least one goal every match day for 11 consecutive match days. He broke Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's record of eight consecutive matches 
to start the season, which was in 2015-16, and made it all the way up to 11. So Lewandowski's having a killer year, and when you throw in the Pokal and the Champions League, he's just having a killer, killer season, sitting right now with 19 goals in the Bundesliga. Although Timo Werner is catching up with him with 18, so this is going to be another photo finish race, I believe. So definitely keep an eye out for Timo Werner. He's going to make this race really interesting. Well, that's all I got for you guys for this episode. Hopefully we will be back very soon once the Bundesliga starts up again and do some match day coverage. Now, like I mentioned before, all the coaching changes and all the transfers in the summer and winter are going to be in the show notes for this episode, so definitely check that out. Also, I will have included some cool videos from the season. One of them is definitely going to be the points visualizer, so you can see match day by match day which team was gaining and losing points and who was at the top at the end of each match day. So that's a really interesting way to visualize how the teams are doing. And you can even see the monster uh, reign that Borussia Mönchengladbach had of seven consecutive match days at the top. So definitely check that out. It's very interesting, and I'll probably throw in some videos in there as well. Maybe some of Lewandowski's and Timo Werner's goals. So check the show notes out. Don't forget to check me out on Instagram. My Instagram handle is welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores. That is welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. You can also send me comments, fan mail, questions, anything at w2bundesliga at gmail.com. If you guys send me anything, I'll definitely try to answer it on air. Once again, that is w2bundesliga at gmail.com. Once again, my name is Andrew, and I'll see you next time.